Hi, Melissa. Hi, Kurt. And hi, Mike Tross. Hello. Hi, Mike. We are joined this week by special guest Michael Tross, who is a first-time guest on the podcast, but certainly not the first time he has been mentioned on the podcast because we're invited all the time. Uh, we are still working on getting a time set up where we can interview him about his storied forensics career, as well as his wife's storied forensics career. And at some point, we are going to do um, a what is that? Uh, the newlywed game version. Uh, with just the trusses where we separate them and ask them questions and see if they can get close to each other's answers. I think you'd be surprised. Um, we are far more a duo than solo actors. <laughs> I look forward to testing that theory. This has been my dream since I started the podcast. We will need to make it happen. Although it's hard enough just to track you guys down just to hang out. You guys are, one, so busy, and two... Seem to get sick every time it comes time to hang out with me and John, which I'm not taking personally. Uh, um, well, because we're busy and the times we had scheduled with you were downtime, uh, we're not youngsters anymore. So uh, those times become overwhelmed with getting rest and, and recuperating. And uh, it feels very odd being here today and not having my significant other here because she is... She's my better half. She's my partner. We do everything together. Yeah, it's true. Oh, there goes the <laughs> Melissa's clutching her pearls. So, it's just so nice. Well, but yeah, I don't st- think I've literally ever seen you without without Deb, at least within arm's reach. Um, our students for many years would claim on the corniness that I would introduce uh, because we met in the theater as dance partners. The next show, we were leads opposite each other. And for these past 33 years, we've been leads in each other's life. So gross. Uh. <laughs> uh, no, no, we just function well as a team. And it's not everyone that can function with a partner and and survive the process. But we do it. So true. Okay. John and I have done two shows together so far. One in which he was the director and I was an actor. And yes, we had a blowout fight. And two, the other one, when it was Children of Eden. So, you know, like yep. he played Noah, I played Adam. They're usually played by the same actor, right, but right. in community theater, they like to give everybody a part. So we were literally never together on stage or in rehearsal at the same time. So it was like being in two separate shows at the exact same time, except we went to the same building every night. Well, as you know, when, when you work with somebody that close, uh, very quickly you define your roles and your strengths and weaknesses and so Ours have defined well. Yeah. I'm not going to comment further on my relationship <laughs> while a microphone is recording me. So let us, uh, let's get to the topic at hand. Mike today is joining us in his role as the brand new state tournament director for the Wisconsin Forensic Coaches Association. And the first thing I'd like to know, Mike, is why would you want to do that? After so many years of running a forensics team and running your own tournaments, you take one year off and then you come back and you're like, you know what would be fun? Running the largest, <laughs> most difficult tournament of the year well, in our entire state. Well, you know very well we have a love, um, a love for theater also. And running a tournament is not that much different than doing a show. There's just tons of details to put together, tons of preparation, and you look at the whole thing as a production. So that falls kind of natural, and uh, it fits the creative uh, 
void that retirement uh, leaves for you. So no, it's it's a nice fit. I've always enjoyed running tournaments. I've always enjoyed it's it's kind of like a chess game, kind of like a a, a challenge uh, to do things. So, um, and the uh, state tournament is an important tournament, uh, and I want to provide the best experience possible for the students and everyone involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much the straightforward answer. Um, when we would hold our tournament, uh, a lot of schools use their tournament as a fundraiser. I can't tell you how many times we had tournaments that we didn't raise funds, um, but hmm. um, we did things that we felt were good for the association and good for the students. Um, we were incorporating more trophies for more students. Uh, we uh, Back before cell phones were used by everyone as timers, we put a timer in every judge's hand mm-hmm. that showed up at the judge's meeting. We just did things to make th- um, the activity effective for everyone. And that was our, our goal was as a, as a service to the activity, not as uh, a, a self-defining project or a fundraiser. No. Still, it's so much work, right? <laughs> like what it's have like you learned lot. about, what have you learned about the role of tournament director for the state tournament? I mean, you were involved with the organization. You were on the executive board forever. So, like, you saw what was going into it. But have you learned anything about the role that you didn't know? Uh, Everyone has their perceptions of what the state tournament should be. And what? And no, uh, many, many people, many people um, share them. And whether good or bad, I understand that. Uh, For many years, I, I directed the state debate tournament also. So mm. the the responsibility is doesn't feel new, um, just some of the details. Uh, there's particular challenges with this tournament, and it's part of the reason that I decided to step forward and uh, apply for the job. Uh, it will be the first time that this tournament will not be held on a university or a college campus since, I think, the early 80s. Yeah. Um, and... I find that as a challenge for the students because it was all special going to university or, or a, a, a campus for the state tournament. It was someplace different than just another high school. Uh, so I, I have taken the burden to try to make this special and not feel like just another tournament, mm-hmm. um, which kind of blends into things down the road. Do you want me to continue to talk about Please it? Please do. Yeah. Um, one of the very first things that I'm actually kind of excited about, and I hope uh, everybody involved in it, it uh, accepts that excitement and and carries with it is I am going to ask uh, the coaches to distribute ribbons. We have a competitor's ribbon that we would like every student, every competitor to wear throughout the tournament. Um, Yes, it's it's a parallel to the national tournament where you wear a ribbon, but I always found that kind of exciting. Um, Besides that, it has a little flavor of the state. and I also don't feel like the state tournament is my tournament. I feel like it's the association state tournament. Mm-hmm. And at the head of the association is the president. So I actually went to John Rodemacher and I said, give me your slogan. I want to have a slogan and I'm going to include it on some of the materials within the state tournament. And it's right on the ribbon. Uh, hashtag OTR, own the round. And so that's that's John Rodemacher's um, 
slogan yeah. for this year's tournament. And and I want to have the tournament um, see the face of the president. Um, much to his chagrin, I have told John that he will have to do the award ceremony. I want them to see Ooh. his face, hear his voice, um, and uh, be recognized as the leader of the association right now. And uh, I feel important about that. Um, okay, some specifics. Uh, the state tournament is at the DeForest Area School District. It's being held in two buildings, okay. their high school and their middle school. Um, they are about the length of two athletic complexes away from each other. Um, so if you go back to Whitewater and you walk from one end of campus to the other, you will have more than covered the distance between the two buildings. We will have buses to transport people, and we will ask some of the schools to help uh, transport back and forth if it's inclement weather. But I would guess if the weather is nice, there will be a great percentage at the middle school after prelims will will walk back and enjoy the the changing seasons of Wisconsin <laughs> uh, before they come back for um, the semis and finals. Did you remember to order a sunny day? I did. For, okay. I okay, did. good. Because yeah. no. if you didn't, Doris would be so upset. <laughs> she was so mad the one year they forgot to order it and it snowed. That, that, <laughs> that was my wife's responsibility and she took care of it. <laughs> great. Thank you, Deb. <laughs> um, and at the high school, there are several concerns I have. The space they have for lunch. Um, right now, the tournament is just crossed over a thousand entries. Is that a lot? That that is that is <laughs> larger. Like the, I'm looking back on the records. The last seven or eight years have averaged in the low 800s, 830 to 840 to 860. Um, so yeah, it feels large, and that's right now. But I'm sure by the time we get to Saturday, the the numbers may have dwindled or changed a little bit. Sure. Yes, there are some some schools that have been. Uh, denied entrance into the tournament. And on Monday, there may be some more because of financial obligations to the association. Um, it is very unfortunate. And, and in fact, I had to write a letter last night uh, uh, talking about the fact it's very unfortunate that these students lose this opportunity. Uh, however, we hope that in the future, they'll continue to provide those opportunities for their students. Um, but a threshold has to be held. Mm -hmm. um, and there is expectations um, of coaches and, and that the association has. And one of them is they have to have someone from the program be at the clinics. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's vital. And if we fudge on that, if we don't follow that uh, strictly, then it has no impact whatsoever. Right. Well, and the other thing too, that I always like to remind people about Sometimes even Melissa, when she needs to be talked down because she feels so terrible when these things come up. I don't like doing it. If you in any way, shape or form or someone who thinks I enjoy doing it, ask Kurt how many times I have literally cried in so many in, times in guilt and, and sadness. And what I remind her of every year, too, is like the WFCA is not like governed by somebody that nobody gets to talk to. The WFCA's rules are made by the full membership of the WFCA. This this requirement to go to a coaching clinic was put in place by a majority vote of the, the WFCA membership some years ago. This is not unique to this activity or, or extracurriculars. Um, long before I was a speech coach, I was also an athletic coach. 
And in the state, athletic coaches have to go to a coaching clinic, not unlike we ask of our speech coaches. Why? Because there's new rules, there's new governances, there's new precautions and safety uh, considerations. Mm -hmm. And our coaching clinics, I see very much as a parallel to that in the athletic field. Yeah. Okay. So, but over a thousand entries is a lot. That yes. is incredible. Yes. I have, there are two concerns uh, with our facilities that I have. And they're not major concerns. They're just things that I feel are going to be uncomfortable. Their lunch space is not very large, even for a school that size. However, they have two gyms and there's a gym directly adjacent to that lunch space that will be opened up and it will also be additional lunch space. It will be space for students to hang out. It can be a home base. We will do postings in there. So using that space or um, once you get your box lunch, moving into that space, it will allow traffic in that area to to flow much better. The second thing is uh, all the semis will be at the high school Hmm. and some of the hallways are not very large. So I may not find it unique that we may have traffic issues as students start to head to semifinals. And I would do a shout out right now that as you leave semifinals, some of the rounds may not be over. Uh, So watch your volume in the hallways. Uh, But the hallways will feel tight. It will feel very comfortable, (laughs) very cozy, very, very together. Um, Other than that, our award ceremony uh, I'm not, I'm, that's not an issue. I'm not worried about it at all. They have a field house and uh, the field house will be set up like a lot of schools that have graduations in their field house will be chairs covering the floor, bleachers pulled out and a staging on one end. Cool. Which leads me to something else that's going to be new. Let's, I want to get to that, but I do, I do want to just comment on the fact that you clearly have run tournaments before because you're worried about the flow of the line at lunch, which is something only an experienced tournament director would know to think about or care about and to call it out as one of the things that you're actually concerned about. So clearly, you know what you're doing. Yeah, well, if, if that lunch line is slow. Some students who are only standing in line because they're waiting for postings, it won't bother. But others that really need some food Mm -hmm. uh, and then the postings go up and then they have to make that decision. Do I wait in line and try to get food or do I go out, check the postings? uh, Creates an anxiety for them. I understand that. You understand that. I do. And and delaying lunch can throw off the whole tournament. Yes. It's an essential part of keeping things on time. Uh, So if there are any coaches listening, last night your uh, lunchbox box lunch orders were due um if you take care of them early this morning they still might get in but please take care of those i don't want to have students not eat throughout the day so this will go live at 5 a.m on monday morning will they be able to contact you if they absolutely forgot i may leave that uh, lunch order open until nine o'clock on Monday morning. So if you're listening to this first thing Monday morning, it's worth your time. If you forgot, quick, get to your computer now. Well, on Monday evening, the registration closes and that's, that's where some of the deadlines really fall into place also. So that's, that's a scary time for a tournament director of tournament this size. On to the awards. Um, We will have some large screens by the staging at the end of the auditorium. Uh, They will be used for some surprises. Um, 
If you are a student and you see people taking pictures or videos, don't be surprised. Uh, we are putting together a little package at the beginning of the award ceremony um, that uh, will kind of reflect upon the day. Students arriving, talking to walls, um, peeking through windows at people um, performing, and also watching um, the wall of tears and cheers, which is the faces as postings go up and, and come out. Uh, it, it's So it's going to be an opportunity to experience some energy and emotion of the tournament, uh, which I'm hoping will be a lot of fun. Tears and cheers. Is that... Is that a well-known moniker or did you make that up? Uh, I've heard it said okay. at, at national tournaments That's clever. where it's uh, when they do the postings, it's, it's the moment of tears and cheers. Okay. Uh, and uh, I was looking forward to uh, your little segment that you do about uh, what did you see this weekend? Um, because <laughs> I, ha- I have some, I prepared some notes in my head. To, we will do to, it. To, to I didn't see that. any forensics this weekend. So Melissa, you get ready. Okay. Um, Another thing about the awards, and this is a change, and people may not like it, people may like it, um, but we're doing it specifically for necessity of this year. The staging we have in that gym is not that large. Um, So to put a bunch of people up on there, it may be um, difficult to, to move through it. So when we do the semis, we're going to do it CFL style where everyone is off the stage and they'll call the the semifinalists and they'll cross over the stage and pick up their semifinal award. Then uh, we're even going to ask that the finalists stay off stage and our tournament host just happens to have a podium, not unlike the medals podium at the Olympics, except this one has actually five levels. O-M-G. Um, I I don't know where it was picked up or how it was had, Um, but we're going to place that on the stage. And uh, at nationals, you see it. And for every tournament, almost in Wisconsin, you see it where it's a peel off. Sixth place, they leave the stage. Fifth down all the way to the champion is standing all alone on the stage. Uh, This year, we're going to have people come up and take their place on the podium. So when the champion is announced, all six places will have a space up on stage and receive the ovation. Uh, And it will feel to me like all of those students and all of those competitors are really getting congratulations on their day. Yes. And and may it stick? No. Maybe maybe we'll go back in the future to peeling off if we have the space. Um, But I think this is kind of fun to try it this year. And it's, it's a unique experience that I hope they enjoy. Well, like you said, you're trying to make this experience of being at DeForest, which is something new and different, also a little bit exciting. I love that. I think that'll be really cool. Not to mention, like, as a photo opportunity, it is a really smart way to get all of your finalists in one place. As the guy who's been, like, on the side of the stage at UW-Whitewater for the last couple of years trying to frantically get photos to put out on Twitter, and, like, they were not standing in a straight line, and they were sometimes blocking each other, that's great. Whoever's um, doing your Twitter stuff will be very happy. <laughs> uh, I, I hope it works. Um, do you have questions? I feel like I'm no, you're consuming here. the time. I am, this is what I'm I'm like, here to do. I guess I'm curious because maybe I don't know this because I got out when I did, but what was the process like 
to choose DeForest when it became clear that Whitewater was not going to be available to us in the way it had been before. Okay. Um, actually, prior to uh, um, being named to the position, uh, they had already put, uh, the association had already put together a uh, an ad hoc committee for finding a location. And they started that by uh, letting people know and accepting bids for hosting it. Um, and that process began before I was even on board. Mm. And by the time I came on board, the, um, the, the bids had kind of narrowed down and the decision was virtually almost already made to, to DeForest. However, DeForest isn't going to be a permanent site for it. And I know that right. committee has begun to talk and the association has begun to talk that we may create a rotation process for the state tournament. Uh, in fact, before they knew where the tournament was going to be this year, uh, Eau Claire had put a bid in for the uh, 2020 tournament, yeah. and it was accepted. So next spring, uh, everybody's going up to Eau Claire for the state tournament, uh, which is kind of exciting because it's been a long time since they've had a, a – I don't know if they've ever had the state tournament up there. And most of the teams in our state, ours included in Sheboygan, have never been to Eau Claire. Yep. We've never been to the Eau Claire tournament. So yeah, it's going to be a, a whole new adventure. That, that So that will be exciting. And uh, beyond that, uh, I think if you want to know more information about where the state tournament will be, you should come to the spring meeting if you're a coach, uh, because there's probably some decisions that will occur there. Yeah, that's a really important point to make. April 27th in Port <laughs> Washington. Info on the WFCA website. Yes. Like... And it's not just about the voting, although it is important to be there to cast your vote. It's also about just hearing the pitches, hearing the information, being able to be in the room to ask questions. So like, yeah, coaches, if you're not going to those meetings, um, I mean, it, I guess, depending on your personal circumstances, that may be what just has to happen. Um, you may not care one way or another. And so that's why you don't go. But like that better be the case then, because I have had too many interactions with people who like to complain about decisions that were made at those meetings. And you know what? I'm not a coach and I'm not in the association anymore. So I can say this <laughs> freely. I have had way too many conversations with coaches who like to complain about decisions made at those meetings who don't go to those meetings. Here's a plea to coaches. You invest a lot of yourself in your team and your students. Why are you leaving the association and the direction of the association uh, not uh, guided with your uh, presence? Uh, it's a valuable uh, time to be able to take the uh, association in the direction that's best for your students, the ones you've invested time in. So be there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this may not make it into the episode, but do we know what positions are open at the spring meeting this year? I believe this is uh, a secretary uh, election okay. year. And right now our secretary is... Annalisa Joel Green. Oh, that's right. Because it was John Peschel before he resigned. Yes. Yes. And then Annalisa took over. Okay. Um, awesome. Well, I don't want to campaign against her. So, but if you are interested and you want to get involved, I've said this before on the pod and I will say it again. It is the best way to network and get access to coaches who can teach you a lot is being on the executive board. 
I and learned it, so much. It's and a I'm lot so of glad fun. I got pressured into doing it at a bar in Appleton, in uh, in the Wisconsin Dells. But the Appleton coaches were there at that bar, and I'm not saying they talked me into it, but um, they were right next to me when it, the conversation was happening. It's it's a valuable time, including the the afterglow and the opportunity to communicate. Most of the committees do a ton of their work on that weekend in the spring. Very true. And if being now, I have some. I just want to say, if you're too scared to run for an executive board position, all of us who are uh, chairs, whether it's program assistants, communications, tournament practices and procedures, or category committee, we are always looking for more people to join them to not just help lessen the workload, but to also just help get opinions and feedback about things. So, if you want to just start dipping your toe in, the best way to do that is by just reaching out to any of the chairs. So, if you were interested in any of those four things, all of the chairs are listed on the WFCA website. Uh, come and hang out with us and help us make positive changes. Because if you will feel like you want to advocate for this activity outside of just advocating for your students, and you want to get those cool networking opportunities with all of us cool coaches, come join those things. Yeah, and I would say I feel like I learned how better to advocate for my students by being around the other coaches. Who- 100% who get involved at that level. Like I, 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 I worked a lot. I did a lot of work during those years, but mostly I just learned stuff and was a sponge from the other people I got to spend time with. Cause I was in the room. So definitely get involved. Uh, I feel like we cut you off and you were going to make a point no. earlier. No, no, no. I think, I think you, you covered it. Uh, the, the, if you are a coach and you are not at the meetings, shame on you. Be there. Mm-hmm. Invest yourself. It's important. It's important for your students, not just all the students, your students. I wonder if there are any, and they probably do not listen to this podcast, but if there was any coach out there who doesn't take their kid to state, like what is the importance of having a state tournament when, you know, our organization does a lot of great work just by having tournaments throughout the year and we give kids lots of opportunities to compete um our state tournament doesn't advance you to nationals or anything like that so like what's the experience of state and why is it important is was that rhetorical or would you like an answer i would love an answer i would love your thoughts your Um, thoughts melissa's thoughts then i'll chime in with my thoughts well as a coach the state tournament and national qualifiers were the goals, the objectives. They were the standards you set. Um, and this kind of bleeds into something that I was preparing because you normally do the segment about best thing you saw this weekend. Yeah. Um, and I, it wasn't what the best thing I saw, but it's what I saw. And as a coach, I would have anxiety. My heart would have palpitations. I would have tingling in my limbs uh, for uh, the week of the qualifiers in the state tournament. Why? Because you help students set these goals, build up this anticipation. And what happens at these events? Some become ecstatic because they've reached those goals, but many more are overwhelmed with with grief and sadness because they fell short of those goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the most um, impactful things about yesterday was getting back and seeing the, the raw emotion uh, of results at these tournaments. And um, I always felt it was one of the most valuable times as a coach to understand that first you console the student 
and commiserate with them. Second, you help them recognize that they are not um, the best thing in the world if they win, but they're also not a failure if they don't make it to that next level. And finally, you help them define or realize that their life is not defined by a particular event. That while this may be a speed bump, a step that they have to overcome, it will only allow them to grow. And it, they need to realize that they can move beyond this. And it was always one of the uh, hardest things, but the most joyous things about helping students realize that, okay, I didn't make nationals. My life doesn't end today. Uh, I, I actually have a tomorrow. And it's going to help me realize that if I don't reach my goal, I don't stop trying goal to reach out goals, but I know that, all right, this door closed. Where's my next door? Yeah. How can I get there? And that was that was some of the things that that brought me back yesterday as being around students at a national qualifier that always sends tingles through me. Yeah, uh, I've seen many a tear roll down the cheek of a high school student. At oh, I thought you were going to say I've seen many a tear roll down the cheek oh. of Melissa. <laughs> that, uh, but it, yeah, those are those are certainly times of heightened emotion. I guess I would say too, like one of the th- the cool things about state is that if you are so fortunate to have a student advance to semifinals or finals or, you know, actually win, <laughs> it is, to me, it's one of the easiest ways you can convey back to your administration and back to the community that your program has had some success because everybody seems to understand what a state championship is, even if they don't understand what winning first place at, you know, the Sheboygan North tournament would mean to a student, you know, that being able to, to have that title state champion in a category um, or state championship as a team is just an, a great way to advertise for your team back to your community. It puts your face on a huge poster at Sheboygan North. Yes, it does. We're very lucky to have a lot of forensics faces literally up on the walls in the commons at Sheboygan North. I also really like, and it's the same thing that I really like about going to a nationals tournament, but when you go to a state tournament, you get to be surrounded by your people. All these other people who understand why you spend your time going to forensics every Saturday, why you get up so early, why you wear your uncomfortable dress shoes and why you like memorize all these things. You are just surrounded by other people who get it. And that just feels so good, both as a student who's going and as a coach who's going, you get to be surrounded by your people. And I think that's so important just to bring your kids somewhere where they get to be surrounded by other people who understand. Because again, as we were saying, administrations don't necessarily get it. Your parents might not get it. Your non-forensics team friends might not get it. But when you come to the WFCA state tournament, you are surrounded by hundreds of people who just get it. And that feels so good. Yeah. So, Melissa, what was the best thing you saw this week? Um, The best thing that I saw this week was a duo from Ronald Reagan High School. Uh, I've seen them a lot in the hallways at tournaments. We competed down in the South because they were matching red fringe earrings. And every time I want to ask them when they bought those earrings. But it is a really beautiful duo piece about a woman uh, who's hiring a nanny for the first time. 
and about their relationship between the two of them, but also their own personal relationships with what motherhood means. And the emotional notes were spot on. The blocking was impeccable. I was so relieved to not have to be filling out critique sheets because I was just so into the piece that when it actually ended, I was very take I, I was I had to like snap out of it because I was just so it I was like, oh, 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 clapping now. You're stopped. Oh, why'd you stop? Oh, okay. It was just well, it was just so it was so good. And are they going to nationals? They are indeed. Okay, good. So that would have been a sad end to the oh, story. It would have been the worst. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty positive. I should probably go check a picture or something, but I'm I'm nearly sure yeah, that Carrie posted. Okay, good. <laughs> I had to leave before they announced results yesterday, so I missed the crying part, but also the being able to confirm who is going. <laughs> so, good. yeah, it was great. So, Mike, if a coach is listening to this and we have prompted a question for them, how do they get in touch with you? Um, who should they bother with their questions? <laughs> uh, they can always bother me. Um, my email is very quickly T R A A S A T A E at yahoo.com. Or you can go to the WFCA website and there's a, a connection you can make through the officers and um, committee people on uh, the, there's a page there you can connect with me. And let me just say, coaches, too, as a former chair of the TPP committee, if you have any questions about a piece that your kid might be doing, see if you can get those figured out before Saturday, because it's a real bummer when kids get disqualified at state. If you have questions about a piece, uh, ask yourself, um, if you are entering a field full of bulls and wearing a red cape, do you really expect to not do some running? Mm-hmm. So if you're you're playing something near the edge or on a fringe, uh, be prepared that it, it, it could be challenged because it is a competitive activity. It most certainly will get challenged, especially if they do well. And that's the part that sucks the most is if, if a, a challenge for disqualification doesn't come until final round, because that's when somebody cared enough to kick your kid out because they didn't really care as long as they weren't doing well. But once they make it to finals, they want to make sure that the rules are followed. It's nonsense. So yeah, if you're toeing the line at all, please just try to get a determination made before Saturday. If a question's come up at all, don't think it's going to get by this crowd. It's not. There's something new as you talk about the TPP that's being introduced at this year's state tournament, uh, we are going to have an ombudsman. Um, And that is something new for people who haven't been at a national tournament. What is an ombudsman or an ombuds person? Um, Is they are a person who's there to ask questions, get clarification on. Sometimes it's direction. Sometimes it's just questions about things. Um, And they are not there to make decisions about, about, disqualifications or rulings, that's still the TPP. However, they can help certainly answer questions about that. Additionally, they can be a support if there's a student that has to uh, address the TPP and their coach can't be found. 
uh, the ombudsperson certainly can be an advocate for that person. Uh, and uh, I, in the invite, I said in contemporary language, consider an ombudsroom as a safe space for those who need it. Uh, so that if you have questions or concerns or uh, things that you think maybe aren't a rule violation, but you certainly want to get some information, you go to the buds room. Hmm. That reminds me of a joke from The Good Place. Do either of you watch that show? I do. Okay. So, Jian used bud hole. B-U-D hole. But you're meant to hear it incorrectly. So... <laughs> If you have a problem, go to the butthole. <laughs> Will there be one of those rooms at both uh, the high school and the middle school? Uh, no, there will just be uh, that room. The buds room will be just at the high school, as will all TP decisions will be at the high school. If something occurs at the middle school, uh, we will have a, a team that will bring either that judge or that coach or, or what needs to be to the high school uh, and all of those decisions will be handled just at the high school. Great. Excellent. So yeah, if you do have questions, get in touch with Mike before Saturday. Saturday, he going to be really busy. In fact, if you could do it before midweek, I bet he would appreciate it. So uh, I want to just say thank you for coming all the way to my house to be able to re record a podcast episode. It's nice to finally have you on. And now we just need to find a time to get your wife here with you. And, uh, and Melissa needs to come up, too, because we need to separate. Yeah, I, I have to be in person. Yeah. Well, we're just elderly folks who still have a passion for <laughs> oh the, my gosh. For the activity. Uh, yeah, I, I, so I think you should spend your time with young and inspiring coaches, ones that are going to take the road and, and take the reins and, and the, take us this activity into the future. Oh, my God. Thank you for wow. talking about me that way, Mike. I really like <laughs> that. <laughs> I was going to say, there's so many ways to respond. <laughs> I, I guess I have one more pitch. Um, besides the state tournament, I am also coordinating judges mm -hmm. for the uh, NCFL Nationals in Milwaukee, or at least speech judges. Um you can contact me if you are interested in judging at that national tournament. A national tournament in our backyard, what a great idea. Even if you don't have students that are participating or if you're a student and your school doesn't participate, take yourself a road trip that weekend and watch. The, the excitement around a national tournament is just terrific. It's fantastic. It's a thing that that dr had driven my wife and I in the activity for so long. It's, mm -hmm. it's such a um, contagious energy that's so positive and so fun. It was it was it was the culmination of our year every year. Uh, so if you are a, an adult and you want to judge mcfljudges.com. Uh, there's a little website you can get in contact with me there. Um, and if you are a student and you're not participating in that tournament, come down and watch it anyway. It's going to be a lot of fun. No. I'll put that link in our show notes as well if you need to. Okay. A quick click for mcfljudges.com. Excellent. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for this week, unless you have something to add, Melissa. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I'm excited. Also, I will say Mike has the, the ribbons with him in person, so Kurt and I are getting to see them, and they are really cool really and it's cool. really it's gonna be really nice that students are get, going to get to walk away with their own semblance of a souvenir even if they're walking away without a trophy or a plaque or anything like that they still get to walk away with something that shows that they were there and they put in that work to get there 
Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, just one more thing before we sign off, which is that this episode will go live Monday morning. And Monday is a very special day because one, Miss Melissa Gabrielson is turning. Am I allowed to say the number? Oh, heck yeah. I'm turning 30. You guys, it's going to be her birthday on Monday, April 1st. So make sure that you reach out in all the ways we talk about every week to say happy birthday to Melissa. It'll make me so uncomfortable, but do it. You'll hate it slash love it. So make sure that you say happy birthday, Melissa. And I will see you in a few hours to say happy birthday in person. Hooray. All right. That's it for now. Everybody have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Mike. Adios. Forensic Spaces is proudly produced in Wisconsin, the birthplace of the National Forensics League. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensic Spaces, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can get in touch with Melissa and me by emailing listen at ForensicsFaces.com. You can also find links to all our social media accounts and that online merch store by visiting ForensicsFaces.com. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. Mm-hmm.